Good morning, everyone. This is Pete Gillies, Western Helicopters with Doug Williams in his home in Lucaipa, California, on the 2nd of April, 2019. I just want to touch briefly on uh, the subject of teaching on rotations and the present methods being used uh, have resulted in too many uh, accidents, at least that's what the uh, the feds are saying right now. We have too many tr accidents in training with uh, bad landings, hard landings, tail rotor strikes, and so in teaching on rotations. I go back to my comments about first flight primary training in on the first flight with a student. You're the instructor. First flight with a student. Don't even talk about what you're doing. Just make at least one complete descent to a power recovery or a slide on on the first order to, on the first helicopter lesson. This is again I said with uh, a smile on my face. This is what airplanes do all the time. Every airplane flight is terminated with a touchdown on rotation. What would be the exact equivalent of a helicopter? Touchdown on rotation. Airplanes coming in, airplane flares, throttle is all the way back to idle, airplane touches down, rolls to stop. There's no difference in a helicopter touchdown on rotation whether the engine is running or not. Descent, here comes the flare, level it, slide it on. It doesn't slide smoothly like it was on rubber tires, but at least it slides on. It's a perfectly normal, legal, in the book technique. You can land with forward motion in a helicopter anytime you want to, assume you have a decent surface to do it on, same as with an airplane. Okay. I would like to see, uh, at least in every training session, at least one or more auto rotations to a, either a power recovery or a running landing, either way. When I watch training being done at Riverside and I watch the R-22s, the power recoveries are being done at 20 to 30 feet. Way too high. Absolutely wrong, in my opinion. Absolutely wrong. There's an uh, ongoing discussion about are touchdown auto rotations really worth it? Do they do they uh, uh, teach you something you don't get with power recoveries? And my feeling is yes, touchdown autos for pilots that are at the level where they want to actually touch down, simulate the emergency. Nothing wrong with it if you don't damage the aircraft. But is it that much better than a properly done power recovery? As chief pilot at Western, I asked our training center manager to be sure that when teaching in our 300s, teaching uh, auto rotations in the 300s, power recoveries, that I want every power recovery done in such a way that in the flare, if I want to convert it to a touchdown, all I have to do is lower the nose. None of this stuff coming in high, if we're going to teach the student something significant about auto rotation, it's going to be how to get the, how to into a nice flare 
And in a power recovery, it can be a very smooth thing. I don't want to come to a complete stop. The 300 will stop. The 300 is one of the best auto-rotating piston shifts I've ever flown. Bring it to a complete zero, needle split, engine not off, but idling, needle split, no assistance from the engine now, all the way to a flare on put down, zero ground speed, wonderful rotor system. But no matter what you're learning to do autos in, a power recovery should be done in such a way that you either continue to a touchdown or make a smooth power recovery with ground motion. No need to bring it to a hover, and you've seen this before. You've seen power recoveries. Here comes the flare, and then a big power point, aircraft yawing back and forth as the pilot's trying to stabilize it. No, because a real auto won't be that way. Unless you're flying, unless you're skilled, and you're flying something that the rotor's going And a good headwind. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> In the case of the turbine ships, it's very interesting. We have, I have done zero engine, engine out autos now in pistons and turbines. The piston ship between a engine idling auto rotation to the ground and a no engine auto rotation ground, piston ships are identical. There's no difference. One of the biggest secrets in our business is the turbine ships with the turbine engine idling on the way down flat pitch the engine may not be contributing anything to the rotor system because the engines are idling but during the flare of a turbine ship we're going to do a touchdown auto command we flare the engine is very much running the gas flow is still proceeding from the inlet to the outlet of the engine as we start to pull pitch to make the actual touchdown, we drag the rotor needle down to contact N2, the power turbine. And now, as we're pulling pitch and making this beautiful, smooth touchdown, uh, being videoed, of course, for a company uh, brochure or something, uh, we're getting assistance from that engine that is very significant and changes the actual feel of the touchdown tremendously. The only helicopters that are powered by turbine engines that do not uh, have the engine contributing to the touchdown are the ones such as the Lama and the Alouette 3 uh, that have the free turbine engine and centrifugal clutch. In those aircraft, when you idle the engine during a descent, the needles are totally split and they don't join as you're pulling pitch to make a touchdown. But in the case of all the rest of the helicopters that we deal with turbine engines, where you have a typical, like an Allison or a Lycoming or whatever, and you have the engine idling, when the needles are split during the descent, and the rotor needle is all by itself, it is not getting any assistance from the engine. But as you are making the pitch flow to put it down and make this beautiful touchdown auto, and you you're pulling pitch and you pull the rotor RPM down to the idling engine and now you're dragging them both down as you're pulling pitch. The engine is contributing horsepower to the rotor system. In the case of the Hughes 500 that normally has an idle speed set at 65% and one, as you pull pitch and you're dragging everything down 
to the bottom of the uh, arc there, uh, you're getting 17 horsepower from the idling engine. And in the case of the Jet Ranger, that has a factory idle speed of 60% and one, you're getting 15 horsepower as you pull the pitch all the way down, just part of making this cushy touchdown. That is not there the, when you have a real engine failure or, of course, a driveline failure. That's not there. And the larger the engine, the more idling horsepower it has, and it contributes to the auto rotation. So when you see these beautiful uh, videos from Bell Helicopter and from Eurocopter Airbus, and you see them demonstrating the touchdown autos at the factory type thing, and you see them nice level, and you see this very cushy touchdown, they never, ever flame out the engines for that. You want to see a different helicopter, just flame the engine out. And now, let's talk about the pitch pull and how much you're going to get it stopped. Unless you have a strong headwind, you can't, if you have zero wind, I do not know of a turbine helicopter in the business that can come to a zero ground speed touchdown. Well, no. No, with the wind and an idling engine, you could do a lot of nice things, but when there's no wind and no engine, the bottom end, the last few feet of that, or meters of that auto rotation, don't look or feel the same. And one more comment about that, what is the difference in the cockpit to uh, the pilot when real engine failure occurs compared to a practice engine failure? And using our very wonderful Hughes 500 series helicopter as an example. The way the 500 C's, D's, and E's are wired, I won't speak of any of the 530F or anything else. Those three, which are so popular all over the world, those are set up so that if you're flying along and you have an actual engine failure, you get from one horn and one warning light on the panel, you'll get engine out and low order, beep, 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 beep. Your generator light comes on, and it's pretty obvious that something has happened. And at that point, I want cyclic back, pitch down, pick a place to land, and make that spot. But in all the training in that same make and model helicopter, you never hear or see a warning light or hear a uh, or in all of the training. So, when you say, wait a minute, Pete, are you saying that we can go out and do touchdowns in a 500 and you never hear any warning horns or see any lights or anything? And I say, yeah, let's go do one. Watch this. We're flying along, chop the throttle idle. <clears throat> what happens on the panel? Nothing. Rotor RPM starts down. Cycling back, pitch down. What do you hear during the descent? Nothing. How about when you flare? Nothing. How about when you land? Nothing. Everything's quiet. What? So I compliment you on that excellent auto you just did, and I say, okay, Doug, let's take it back up and do another one of those. If you, I want that, that was just dumb luck. I, I don't think you can do that again. As you are rolling the throttle up on the 500 from idle, you're bringing the rotor and N2 up to flight. Beep, 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 beep. What's that? That's low rotor. Low rotor. What? Uh, oh, oh, why didn't it go off before? Why, why didn't? No, because when you chop the throttle in a 500, 
A micro-switch defeats the low-rotor warning horn. It assumes you're on the ground and you just like to cool down for two or three minutes and it doesn't want rotor low-rotor beeping at you, so it's defeated. So you never hear. You hear the beeping as you're rolling the throttle up to go fly again. Randy Parent, wonderful walk-on-water pilot from East Bay Regional Park, came to Western uh, years ago to do a flame-out auto with me. Flame-out auto. We're going to kill the engine and, and uh, examine the difference between uh, the pitch pull with no engine versus an idling engine. That was the purpose of the auto rotation. So he came down from uh, the Bay Area. Randy is one of these pilots that truly, I, I use walk on water to, uh, as the highest compliment to a pilot. When he can walk on water, he's, he's, he's top. Randy's one of these people. He would come down and send his pilot down from East Bay. They were flying 500 seas, come down and uh, every six months or so and do touchdown autos with us at Western. Uh, and he was so good. It was just like, a dream to fly with him. Just one of these guys. You hoped you could fly with him because he did everything right. Perfect. Just tops. So he had heard that I'd been doing some flame-out autos and that I had discovered that because the idling engine was not there, the run-on was a lot longer touching down. So he came down and we went out on a beautiful morning at Rialto, Field Automation 1450 MSL. We went out, it was a nice morning, there's a gentle breeze blowing through the southwest, and we did all the normal stuff, you know, straight ins, 90s, 180s, just all the routine stuff, and he, he, he felt real good. I'm just sitting there almost asleep in the right seat, and uh, 500C, and so then he, uh, we completed something that we were, we took off again, and he then looked at me and teed up the intercom and said, uh, hey, how about, can we do that uh, flame-out auto? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Uh, no extra charge. We'll do the flame-out auto. Okay, so we'll line up with the taxiway, 515, 60 knots, just like we've been doing, standard old boilerplate autos here. And uh, you're sitting in the left seat. I can't roll the throttle off from my side. You roll the throttle off when you're ready. And... Uh, uh, everything is going to be different on the way down. Uh, uh, everything will be the same on the way down, except for the fishbowl. So we're approaching. I can. I, this this was so vivid. I can still see it in living color. We're approaching the taxiway. Normal. Uh, 16 knots. Everything's fine. 500 AGL. No air traffic. Nobody's in the taxiway. Cookbook conditions. Perfect. So as we're getting closer and closer, I'm expecting him to roll a throttle all the way off any moment. And any moment doesn't happen. And we continue getting closer and closer. Now, if we're going to do this, we're going to be landing a third of the way down the runway. And now we're going to be landing halfway down the runway. And so finally I said, hey, Randy, um, hey, remember, you're the guy rolling the throttle off. Oh, oh, okay. And he rolls the throttle off. And then he proceeded to do absolutely nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing move. The cockpit lit up, warning lights, beep, 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 engine out. He hasn't moved anything. 
This is before I knew anything about cyclic back, by the way. This is several years before that. And I'm sitting there with my overconfident. I was so overconfident. I wasn't on the flight controls. This guy is so good. He did everything all by himself. I never had touched the control. So I'm sitting there. My hand is not, my right hand is on my right leg. My left hand is someplace not, I'm, I'm just relaxed. I'm just going to enjoy this. I'm just going to be interested in what happens down at the bottom during the flare. And he does nothing. And I, the, the lights and the horns are blowing. We've just killed the engine. Rotor RPM is falling like a stone, and I see that, and I, as it's almost at low green, and this is before I knew anything about amp cyclic, I whip my hands up the controls, yank the cyclic back, put the pitch down, and stop the rotor RPM at low green. And then it started back up, and I looked at him, and he looked at me, and uh, whatever I either said or the expression of my face was, this is your aircraft, you got it. Make this auto work, you know. Somehow, he got back into the groove, and now we flew down. Here comes the flare. The flare, nice flare. We slid and slid and slid and slid, two or three times farther than normal. And finally, with the helicopter, I think, as I remember, for some reason, the skid friction or something, it turned a little bit, yeah, a little bit to the right. Engine's gone. Engine's off. Panels all lit up, horns blowing, and he is absolutely speechless. <laughs> speechless. He can't believe what he didn't do when he rolled the engine off. And my point, we, just as I had predicted, we slid three or four times as much as normal. Because the minute you start loving pulling pitch, rotor up here goes, it's gone. Why? Because the engine is not idling there to carry along. But when he could talk, he had a case of dry mouth that lasted for a minute, two minutes. He couldn't talk. I, I elbowed him a little bit and I said, hey, uh, N1 is still 10%, 9%, 8%. N1 is still winding down. Rotor is still slowly turning. I said, uh, do me a favor. Start the engine, would you? That cool down. <laughs> and he did. And we sat there with the engine idling and the rotor turning for several minutes before he was able to pick up the ship and taxi it back into the yard. Huh. Now, I had no idea what caused this, this, this terrible entry. I had no idea. I mean... You rolled the throttle off, Randy. He told me that he already believed me when I said the slide-on was going to be longer. What he did not expect and had never, ever experienced was what happened in the cockpit when the engine quit. That overpowered him completely that he had never heard a warning light, uh, a warning horn, or seen a light light up in any auto rotation, any of the training autos, because of the way the five fighter was arranged, defeating the warning system when the throttle goes to idle, defeating everything. 
Now, when the engine quits, the general right comes on, and the, back in the 500C and D days, the engine outload loader was the same light. The horn is blowing. Doesn't it try to relight, or do you shut that off? Oh, oh, re- oh, I'm sorry. Is it on? Of course, yes. Yeah, uh, yes, the auto reignition. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm sorry. I, when you said relight, I was thinking of pilot action. The auto relight system is working. And it will try to start it, but you've got the fuel. You get the fuel off, so it can't. So just... you know the igniter may be popping, but uh, and back back then we had auto relight on our 500s. You could either activate it or deactivate right, it. Right, right. Very latest models, I think, are auto relight is always working. Yeah. So that's the story of uh, the real world. Uh, what happens in the cockpit, and this just absolutely brought what I consider to be an, an A++ pilot brought him to a complete mental stop. He had never expressed this, and it was a shock to him and to me. Uh, I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't have uh, brought the cyclic back, and I did not know that at the time. But the dog I can still see from my position right seat, I can still see that rotor needle at low green when I with on the controls, and had it gone below that, at some point, we may have entered the uh, no recovery. The, 